When we listen closely, behind the sounds of the of the temple around us, behind the sensations of the body, different thoughts or mental images that arise. And if we pay close attention, it's possible to hear a continuous, subtle inner sound, like a, like a white noise in the background of our hearing. For most people, this is something that can be discerned. And it can be used as a meditation object. For some people, this is uh, difficult to perceive. Others, it's so strong, so loud, it's intrusive. But if we are able to discern that subtle, continuous inner sound, this is something that can serve as a very helpful support for meditation, both in terms of the quality of concentration, one-pointedness of mind, also the quality of insight, wisdom. It's the wakeful open and aware quality of mind as well. If you listen closely, see if you can discern, if you can perceive that continuous, subtle sound behind the sound of my voice, the gaps between the words. Listen closely. I can hear it even as I'm speaking. It's there. No beginning, no end, but present, an inner vibration. And we can use that to support samadhi, concentration, by choosing to focus the attention just on that inner sound, the nada, as it's called in Sanskrit, to make that a point of concentration, to deliberately exclude everything else apart from that, to absorb the attention into that inner sound. It's listening. And just as the rhythm of the breath can be used as a concentration object or a mantra of some kind, the feeling of the, the feet as we walk along, so too, in the same way, the inner sound, the nada, or the sound of silence, as Lamposomato calls it. This can be a, an object of concentration that helps to ground the attention very firmly, steadily, here in the present.
you use it as a concentration object, then often it has the effect of energizing the mind, brightening the mind. So the more you pay attention to it, the easier it is to pay attention. The mind becomes brighter, more alert, more energized. So it has a positive feedback effect. The more you concentrate, the easier it is to concentrate. And it inclines the mind towards wakefulness, alertness, rather than some other concentration objects that incline the mind towards dullness or sleepiness. To use it as a support for insight, for vipassana, then one can allow that inner sound to be like a a backdrop or a screen there in the background of our experience. As we notice sensations in the body or sounds in the room, visual forms, thoughts, ideas, hopes and fears, as those different perceptual formations, the body, the mind, arise, take shape and dissolve. And the inner sound is there in the background. Like a screen against which all those other perceptions and projections are displayed. There's a feeling in the body, but there's the nada sound. There's a thought in the mind, there's the nada sound. There's a a sound in the room, a, a plane flying overhead. There's the nada sound. So the presence of the inner sound helps the mind to keep the flow of perceptions and thoughts, feelings, in a context makes it easier to recognize these are mental events, these are formations, patterns of change that have come together, transforming, dissolving. So it supports the mind in that effort to sustain an awake, open spaciousness of heart, receiving all things, knowing all things, letting go of all things. So this inner sound can be a support also for that one-pointedness that includes everything, where the one-pointedness encompasses the whole present experience, feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, emotion, even decision-making. I choose to do something. I choose to change my posture. I choose to stand up, sit down. Still, the nada sound is going on in the background. So it helps the mind to keep all of those actions and perceptions, moods and feelings, in their proper perspective. 
It helps the mind to know these are all empty formations, patterns of nature arising, taking shape, dissolving. There are various different theories or ideas, ways that different people or different religious traditions speak about this inner sound. On a biological level, you can say it's just some activity of the nervous system, just some kind of electrical activity of the, the hearing faculty. Other traditions, they speak of it as the brahmanada, the divine sound, or the, the music of the spheres. You can speak about it in very mundane ways, or very exalted or high-minded ways. You can theorize, create our own idea of exactly what it is and how it works. But I would encourage just leaving all that aside. There's no need to have a special description or a logically accurate way of speaking. Just like the breath. You can talk about the breath as a biological function or as the the rhythm of the universe, the tides of being, just oxygen and carbon dioxide, nitrogen entering and leaving the body. It doesn't really matter what we call it, where it comes from. But like the breath, we can simply use the presence of the sound as a support for awakening. You don't have to have a theory, you don't have to have a special name for it. A concept of how exactly it works. Its simple presence is enough to be a benefit for us, just like the breath. Now, some people find it very hard to discern this. They can't hear a sound. or Hearing these words I'm saying, it's, confu- it's confusing, frustrating. I can't hear anything. What's he talking about? This is all nonsense. Sometimes that inner vibration is more discernible as a, a sensation in the body, a kind of tingling in the, in the fingertips, in the skin. Others might experience it as a, a kind of shimmering in the visual field, even with the eyes closed, the light forms of the, the perceptual field of vision. It can have a kind of oscillation, vibration to them. Oh, I don't hear it, but I see it. I don't see it, but I feel it. So it might be that this inner vibration can be discerned through a different pathway, or it can be that it's not discernible at all. So if you find that you can't make any sense of these words, that there's no part of no part of your experience that this matches, then let's leave it aside. Make use of the breath. 
the natural quality of awareness itself. Use these as the, the supports for meditation practice. But if you can hear this, feel this presence of this inner vibration, this inner sound, then it can be put to work. It can serve a very helpful purpose. It's a sense object, it's a sound, vibration, a feeling. But one of the benefits of it is that it acts as a very appropriate, perfect symbol for the Dhamma itself, ever-present, timeless, it's always here, never seems to begin or end. It's non-personal. There's no sense of being of a particular age or nationality or gender or story. It's just like the feeling of gravity. It's non-personal. It's present. It's not subject to personal will. I can't decide to do something with it. Whereas the breath or the posture Will can be used to hold the breath, breathe deeply, breathe in a shallow way, to hold the breath, to breathe through the nose or the mouth. So personal choice has an effect upon the breath or upon our footsteps. But the inner sound does not respond to personal will. I can't do anything with it. Personal choice has no effect. So it supports a quality of receptivity. You can pay attention to it or not, but you can't make it do anything. So it helps the mind to be in a much more receptive, open, alert mode rather than feeling the perceptions of I'm in charge here, or this is my life, my mind, my body, I, I do what I want. Those conceits of, of action and choice. You can't do anything with it, except pay attention. So in this way, it's a, it's a sense object but it is a, a very good symbol of the Dhamma itself, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation, leading inwards, to be discerned each wise person for themselves. So it's a sense object, but it's a symbol of that which lies beyond the senses. The indescribable Dhamma. The unimaginable Dhamma. It has certain qualities that help bring the mind into accord, into harmony with Dhamma. So, it can be very useful, beneficial in this way.
If you develop the listening, this inner listening, while we're sitting here, still in the temple, we develop that faculty of listening, hearing, so that the presence of the sound is quite steady, quite strong, and you find that it doesn't just stop at the temple doors. As the body gets up and moves around, of course the the sound is still there in the background. As we do walking meditation, even as we eat the meal, wash our bowls, the inner sound is still there in the background. So it's a wonderful reminder. It's a continual, oh yes, of course, is that suchness of the present reality. The Dhamma is here and now. So if we develop this inner listening, it becomes a continual, steady reminder, an encouragement to awaken, to attune, to keep all of the patterns of experience, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, relating to other people, relating to the body, the physical world. It keeps it all in perspective. It helps to sustain that balanced view of samadhiti, right view, clear seeing. 